This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, July 19th, 2020. All in a day's work, following Jesus can be messy. Given by Disciple Member Bill Trench. Well, good morning, Connection Church. I am so excited to be here. This is so awesome to be in the sanctuary, see you smiling faces. At least I, I can imagine they're smiling underneath those masks. But, um, and of course, I don't forget about the people, the faithful folks that are sitting at home in their pajamas still in the air conditioning. Uh, I don't blame you, you know, for not coming out in this heat, but um, welcome everyone uh, to Connection. My name is Bill Trench. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I've been with uh, Connection Church for about 13 years, a disciple member, and you probably notice that I, I stand up here and play guitar a lot of times. Well, not here, but on the screen at this point. Um, but it's, I'm absolutely honored and, and humbled to bring you what God has laid on my heart. Um, I have to tell you, though, I'm a little nervous, okay? Um, I'm not nervous to speak because I, I, I love to speak about Jesus. I don't mind standing up here whatsoever. But this time around, Carrie and Alan, they're going on vacation. They're in Virginia somewhere, uh, hopefully watching online. But... Um, they, uh, they asked me to do this, and I said, absolutely, I'll do it. And they said, a couple different things we want to do this time because, you know, things have changed since we went to uh, the situation that we're in today. And um, they said, number one is that you can't move around as much, you know, because we have streaming, live streaming, and you got to stay kind of, kind of stationary for the most part. Um, and the second thing is that you can only do about a 20-minute uh, message uh, because of live streaming that we, we go to a bit, a bit of a shorter message. Um, and for those of you who know me, I love to walk around. I love to go down the steps. I love to go, I go back and forth. And, uh, you know, we do have two cameras that are everywhere, but, you know, I think they would might, might miss me. Um, and the second thing is I, I, I do um, have no problems putting together a 30-minute message, 20 minutes, Wow, that's really cutting it uh, for me. I, I really like to talk, and so um, it's it's a little bit difficult, and I'm a little nervous about it. But um, you know, God's good, and He's going to do whatever it has to be, even if it means cementing my feet to the floor. So, um, as I was preparing this message today, um, something told me that I should mention something, and it's not in the message itself. It just came to me, um, and it's an irony. So. We are in the midst of probably the most unbelievable change that any one of us has had to go through. Um, it could be a change in finance. It could be a change in jobs. It could be a change in church. It could be a change in how we work, working from home versus working in an office. It could be a change in relationships. I mean, it's very stressful. Uh, many people have had to have their kids at home much more and teaching them and, and online. It's, it's just a lot of change. Um, and it's very stressful and it's very, uh, you know, everybody's on a little bit of a high anxiety right now. But the irony is this, as we're going into these messages for the last um, couple weeks, we're talking about Jesus and his miracles. And what is a miracle? A miracle is a supernatural change. So the funny thing is, is that although we fear change and change makes us anxious and it's difficult, what do we pray for? We pray that God would change our heart, that God would change our circumstances maybe, that maybe they would change my job or he would change my finances or my relationships. 
We pray for change at the same time we fear change. That's an irony. I thought I would just pass that along. And keep in mind, in our changes that God wants for us, we have a role to play. We have a role to play in that change. And then we let God do the rest. We do our role, whether it's obedience or whatever we need to do. We then let God and Jesus do the rest with it. So I just thought I would uh, point that out. Um, So before we get started, let's go ahead and go to God in, in prayer. Holy Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this gathering. Thank you for the people that are online. And God, I just would ask you to Um, push me out of the way here, Lord. Just give me the words to say that are yours, Lord. Help us to change and transform our hearts so that we can be closer and and more in love with you. We pray this all in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone here and online said, amen. So over the last few weeks, we've been talking about a series on miracles. Um, A couple weeks ago, we talked about how Jesus provided fish for Peter and his uh, soon-to-be disciples, um, so much fish that his boat was tipping over. They had to get a new boat, um, and they didn't catch one fish that night, not one. But when Jesus showed up, it was overflowing. Last week, we talked about how Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves in a major storm that, that came across in the Sea of Galilee, um, and he uh, showed his supernatural power of over even nature itself. And in both of these situations, Jesus was able to use a miracle in order to show his disciples who who he truly is and that he can provide even when it seems hopeless and he will protect us even when things have no, seem like they're out of control. To us, these are miracles, but to Jesus, it's really just another day's work. But in this next story we're going to talk about today, I think you'll find that following Jesus can also be a bit messy. So let's start with reading our scripture today. It's a bit long, but let's uh, just hang on with me. So if you have your Bible or if you have your electronic device or if you want to just look up on the screen, we're going to go over chapter 8 of Luke. Um, it's in the back of your Bible, towards the, towards the back of the Bible. It's the men's names, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, and it's chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. They sailed to the region of Gerasenes which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? pretty funny because the story right before this was Jesus rebuking the wind and waves and when he did that his disciples actually looked at him and said who is this they questioned who this person was who is this that can rebuke the wind and the waves and yet the demon knew exactly who he was son of the most high God I beg you don't torture me for Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places or the desert. Jesus asked him, what is your name? Legion. Legion is defined in that time frame was a Roman group of of soldiers, about 6,000 soldiers, large. 
Now, it doesn't say in here whether it was 6,000 demons, but it was a lot of demons. He replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. You see, the demons knew who Jesus was. They knew the story. They know at the end of the story, he cast all demons into the abyss. Including Satan. They know that. That's why they're begging him not to do that. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. In Mark's story, it was about 2,000 pigs. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the uh, Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them. All the people. Because they were overcome with fear. So he got in the boat and left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. Quite a scene, huh? Quite a scene. You know, Carrie and Allen got to preach about a short story about a storm and rebuking the wind and waves and, and also about a story of I can't find any fish and he gives them all the fish and I get this. <laughs> you know, demons and pigs. Not an easy story, but it's full of many, many really good lessons. I could talk about spiritual warfare, um, that we serve a God that's a spirit. Holy Spirit. You can't see him or touch him, but he's spirit. There is a spirit world, and we could talk about that, and we could talk about how there is a kingdom of darkness that's out to kill, steal, and destroy you, but that how Jesus saves us from that, and how we must use the armor of God to fight the kingdom of darkness. I could speak about this Story being the first time that Jesus took his disciples out of the area of the Jews. He took them into an area that was non-Jewish. Into an area that was riddled with unclean spirits. Due to that culture of multiple gods and the oppression of the Roman army. And how this man was an outcast. As the community was. And that we are called by Jesus to go into these places of unclean spirits. To show the grace and the power of God. And, you know, I wrote a, a uh, message when I was told, uh, you know, when I needed to hand this in. I had a message fully written, and I tore it up the day before because God changed my mind. So, you see, God showed me that when I read this passage multiple, multiple times, that although it is a true story of uh, redemption for those that are far from God, it was the characters in the story that caught my eye. And I could see such relevance in our world today in each of these characters. 
So let's look at them separately. First, you have this man, demon-possessed man. We don't know much about him. Um, other than he's naked, living amongst the tombs, running around, acting crazy. And the community has placed people there to watch him and to chain him up. In Mark's version, we know that this man's so oppressed by the demons that he cuts himself, that he hurts himself. We really can't say how this man got to where he is. I mean, we could speculate, right? This is an area of the country where there was multiple gods. Um, there was a lot of um, just bad stuff happening. And, and this guy uh, could have been living a lifestyle that was far from God. And he's isolated himself and, and others. And, and maybe he invited the demons in, right? Maybe he invited this lifestyle and this demons. Uh, maybe it was good that the community created an outcast of this man. Or maybe, as many of the outcasts in our world, he had nothing to do with it at all. It was some sort of mental illness or a trauma that led him to isolate himself and become overwhelmed with shame. Like I said, we, uh, we don't know the circumstances. But he is isolated. He is naked. He is overtaken by unclean spirits. He is out of control and truly an outcast to the community. I think every one of us have felt some of that, maybe even the last couple months. Haven't we? Isolated? An outcast, ashamed, unclean, or maybe even out of control. One thing we see is that Jesus doesn't care how the man got there. He simply cast out the demons. Now, we could go into why the pigs. And I'm sure the animal activists out there would love to talk about the senseless deaths of all those animals. But there's also a part of this story that it's just not defined. We just don't know why the pigs. Um, maybe Jesus um, was deceiving the demons and allowing them to go into the pigs thinking they were going to live. And then the pigs obviously jump off the cliff and go into the water and drown. So they lost anyways. We just don't know. We just don't know that part of the story. So back to this man. What happens to the man once Jesus sends the demons away? Well, the community sees him. He is once again clothed. He's no longer naked. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, which is a sign of worship. And it states that he's in his right mind again. I would say a miracle and fully restored, but all in a day's work for Jesus. So what next? What else, what else did this man go through? Well, he begged Jesus to let him come with him. But Jesus said no. He said, go tell everyone in the community about what God has done for you. And the man is clearly disappointed. He wanted to follow Jesus, but has given a much harder commission. Like us, it is sometimes much easier for us to praise God for all that Jesus has done for us, sitting comfortably at the feet of Jesus in our church or amongst our Christian small groups or close friends 
But is that where Jesus really calls us to be? The community I want to talk about next. um, This community is far from God. Like I said, it was an oppressed community by the Roman um, centurions, and and it was uh, highly out of control, multiple gods, sexual depravity. It was was the the Las Vegas of the Galilee Sea, you know? Um, But they were oppressed by the same legion that this man was oppressed by, except their legion was actually Roman soldiers. They have sent this man, the community has sent this man for good or bad reasons as an outcast. And they were afraid of him. They were comfortable with him living amongst the dead by the tombs and being naked and out of control as long as he stayed chained up, or as the scripture puts it, in the abyss or desert, separated from everyone. When Jesus arrives and relieves the man of his torture, he also, at the same time, destroys the livelihood of several pig farmers. The community sees what Jesus has done for the man and the pigs, and what do they do? They ask Jesus to leave. All of them ask Jesus to leave because they're extremely frightened. Why would they be afraid? Maybe it's because they were comfortable with the man being the outcast, keeping him and his demons at bay far from them. Maybe they were worried that if they let Jesus stay, they would lose more of their pigs or stuff. See, I think this whole story is quite relevant in this day. As a church, how do we treat outcasts? The ones who are so full of shame and feel naked and vulnerable those that may not think or look or act like everyone else who does in the church. When we have a chance to welcome those people different from us, do we sometimes act the same way as this community? Do we sometimes just ask Jesus to leave? That leads us to Jesus. He stopped the wind and the waves to get to this side of the Sea of Galilee. His compassion for the man and the demons were evident in his command for the demons to leave, but also his permission for them to go into the pigs. He's come to an unclean world, land, to face the unclean spirits and to restore everyone just to be told to go away. Obviously, this wasn't the last time Jesus was going to be rejected. As a matter of fact, he was rejected by everyone, even his father on the cross for us. See, I think this story is all about the cross. How Jesus will go wherever, whenever, however it takes to show his love for you and me. But he will not force himself to stay. Matthew 7 says, ask and it will be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. What each one of these statements has in common is that we have to do something first. Ask, seek, knock. We have to act first. Then Jesus stays. 
He'll do anything to have a relationship with us. He'll go through anything. He went through the cross to have a relationship with us. And true love is always a choice God gives us. So yeah, no one really got their way in this story, did they? The man wanted to follow Jesus, but couldn't. The people wanted comfort in the status quo, but they lost that. And Jesus wanted to save everyone, but, his ult- but he was ultimately turned away. Following Jesus is messy. He asks us, he commands us to get out of our comfort zone. And to reach out to those that are outcast in our world. He commands us to accept those that may look different or act different than we are. And he commands us to take the good news of our stories into the world for everyone to hear and not just stay comfortable sitting in our seats surrounded by our Christian friends. Yes, following Jesus will mean sacrifice. But as we read in this story, the demon-possessed man went away and told all the town what Jesus had done for him. That took courage. These are the same people that chained him up, that had people watching him. That took courage. That took strength. That took the love of Christ in him. And that took sacrifice. He wanted to go with Jesus. A couple years ago, God laid on my heart that uh, he wanted me to do some mission work. I've never done mission work other than maybe some local stuff, but he asked me to go far away. And for the last couple of years, I've had an annual trip to Sierra Leone, Africa. I have sacrificed vacation time, money, time away from my kids. But I have been blessed over and over and over again in the people that I've met, the miracles I've witnessed, and the love of God that is evident all around the world. We don't know how many people came to know Christ because of this man who was saved. But we do know this area around the Sea of Galilee does end up having Christian monasteries and Christian churches built there. I'd like to think that this man had something to do with that. I have a young man that I sponsor in Sierra Leone. His name is Prince. He's 23 years old, and he's studying to get a degree in business. He is great with children. He is great with Bible study. And although his family story is is tragic, he lost both his parents. He's raising his four brothers and four sisters. He has a love and trust for God like no one I have ever seen. I may never see in my lifetime how helping Prince will impact others. But I am confident that God would not ask me to sacrifice my time, my talent, my resources, unless it was to see him glorified. I like to picture the boat in this story floating back across the lake with the disciples and Jesus looking out and waving to the one man fully clothed on the beach until the point in which he couldn't see him no longer. The disciples know they have just seen Jesus go to tremendous lengths to save one man who in turn could change that entire world he's from. 
So what about you? What's stopping you from changing the world? Maybe in your own neighborhood, maybe in your own family, or maybe in your own job. Are you too comfortable? What is Jesus asking you to do that may be a bit messy and would take only the strength and courage of Jesus to accomplish? I was told once that if your dreams don't require God to fulfill them, then your dreams are too small. Dream big, connection. Dream big. Let's pray. Holy Father, thank you. Thank you for this message. Help us to open our hearts to what you have in store for us, each individual person, Lord. You have a plan and a purpose for each of our lives. God, help us to hear that. Help us to feel that. Help us to work at that. And God, give us the courage and the strength to fulfill it. Because God, we love you. And we know when we do your work, for your purposes, that you and you alone are glorified. God, we love you and we praise you. And we pray all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone here and at home said amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302 378 7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.